children, three were boys, and Bradfield had always been considered the best and brightest of the bunch. As the firstborn of very successful parents, much was expected of Bradfield, and he did not disappoint them. After completing his undergraduate studies, he went on to earn a master's in business and then a PhD in behavioral psychology. From there, he moved west to Silicon Valley, where he thrived. He was well-liked and even called in to negotiate during difficult situations in the workplace. But Bradfield's personal life was kind of a mess. He seemed to try to be a good husband and partner, but his first marriage was short-lived and things seemed only to get worse when, in 1984, he developed a fascination with the John Gardner book, Grendel. Grendel was a cult classic about a half-human monster who is overly close with his mother and enjoys eating people. Awesome. Later that year, Bradfield met Patricia Mack, with whom he had a playfully flirtatious relationship. She was 29 years old, smart, ambitious, and beautiful. She was also married. On Friday, July 20th, 1984, Bradfield called Trish to see if she and her husband, Sydney were interested in coming over to his place for dinner. It just so happens that Sydney was out of town that night, but Trish decided to head over anyway. When she got to the apartment, she and Bradfield began working on getting dinner prepared. As they worked on preparing broccoli and potatoes, Bradfield made a move on Trish, touching her in a way that made her feel uncomfortable. What happens next is shocking and brutal. When Trish rejected him, Bradfield became enraged. He hit her and slammed her head against a wall. The order of the following events is unclear, but by Bradfield's own account, he grabbed the knife with which he'd been cooking and stabbed her. He tore at her breasts with his teeth, and once she was dead, Bradfield cut off her breasts, cooked, and ate them. Who could have known that at the very same time, across the country, in suburban Maryland, Bradfield's younger brother, Hayden, was hunting, killing, and consuming victims of his own. This is the beginning of the Cannibal Clarks. I'm Natalie Levy-Costa. And I'm Michael Costa. And this is Detective Society. Isn't it? Uh, I guess. Okay. I mean, I didn't hear it on the recording. Okay. Um, if you did not listen to our first episode, we're asking if it's echoey in here because we are in a new place. Uh, we are in a new apartment um, in our guest room, which possibly has an echo or possibly doesn't. Um, we heard you. We get it. And we're making new episodes. <laughs> Um, sorry for the long absence, but it has been definitely a crazy year. Um, if you're wondering where we've been since we released our last episode, uh, there is a catch-up episode that you can go back and listen to, um, but it basically relays the following. Uh, we bought a home, we had very strange work-life balance, and, um, some personal issues that we were working through. Additionally, these episodes take significant time to research. So 
it all kind of culminated in the perfect storm of difficulty recording. Yeah. Um, that being said, if you guys like the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Um, feel free to tell your friends about us. Um, oh, you can, by all means. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at N-R-L-S-E-E. So that's N-R-L and then the word C. They, I guess they can follow me on social media, but I don't post anything ever. So, you know, good luck finding me. <laughs> Great. Um, you can also email us with feedback, questions, or requested cases at uh, detectivesocietypod at gmail.com. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Mike, do you have any other thoughts? Any thoughts on the intro? I feel like you made a lot of very uncomfortable faces. Yeah, so, I mean, if we're just going to get right into it, uh, don't go to his house to cook dinner alone. Yeah, but she didn't um, know. And uh, you're right, but you asked me if I made faces. When I heard that, I was like, oh, well, that's that's a mistake. That's not going to end well because I, – I, I, my, my point is not trying to blame a victim here. It but really feels like you're trying to blame the victim. a member of the show and fan of the show, long time, first time, um, yeah, I heard that line and I said, oh, no, 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 God, no, please, no. And, and then the part at the end with the brother thing, like that really kind of tied together all the absolute insanity that I'm sure is ahead for us. And this is going to be a two-part episode, right? This is going to be a two-part episode. So in this first Back episode, we are going to cover um, these two lovely brothers and how they became what they became. Um, so I guess we should just dive right into it. Yeah, housekeeping things to do. I don't remember. It's been so long. Um, I don't rusty. think so. Other than to just like thank the fans, thanks guys for Let's continuing to reach out um, and being awesome. Um, it has been a crazy tumultuous year for us, so it's been nice. It's been a lot of positives too, though. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so the Cannibal Clarks is the name I made up. Because cross-dressing cannibal seemed distasteful to me, um, which is how Hayden Clark is often referred to. Um, so we this sh- is the other brother. So, yes, yeah, so this is the, the younger brother, not Bradfield, who we just discussed. Hayden is the more famous brother because his crime spree was a little bit more extended. Um, but we should... I guess I'll just make a note that... When these crimes were occurring in the 80s and 90s, people were kind of shitty and maybe not as, like, moderately woke as we are today. So a lot of the terminology that was used to describe him um, was, like, just not cool. Just really not cool. Um, So I will try to refrain from using some of the really offensive language that I found in basically all of my research. Um, But if I mess up um, or am less sensitive than I should be, please feel free to call me out. Um, It is it is none of it is great. Let's go ahead and just acknowledge that now. For humanity? Uh, you're listening to Detective Society, and none of it is great. I forgot. I thought the show was about positive things. No, it's it's not. Uh, <laughs> um, so, uh, 
I also think that this is possibly one of the strangest episodes we've done to date. Um, and if it weren't true, I would say that this story is a little bit too outlandish. Um, the Clark family, I don't say this about people a lot, um, but they are so beyond redemption that it seems to me to be unbelievable that they weren't on some kind of list, even before these men murdered people. Um, strangely enough, also, I, I mentioned that Hayden is the more famous of the two brothers. Um, and, and in most of what I've read, Bradfield is literally like a footnote. He murders this beautiful young wife cuts off body parts, grills them and eats them, and yet he is a footnote to the strange story of Hayden Clark. Um, almost no one writes about Bradfield, and I'm, I'm not sure why, when Patricia Mack's murder was really, really awful. Um, but that's much in part, I think, due to the kind of caricature that Hayden Clark turned himself into after his arrest and the way that he was painted by by local media outlets that that wrote about him um which we will get into further later so first let's talk about their childhoods i feel like this is always my my okay not my favorite part about talking about these cases but definitely the part that fascinates me most i think that talking about a murderer's childhood often is like the part that i let myself really explore and revel in when it comes to murderers because I, I want to focus so much on the victims. You're a nature, no, a nurture over nature kind of person. I am definitely a nurture over nature kind of person. I firmly believe that you can take a really good egg and just beat it to shit. <laughs> and and vice versa. You know, what, the, what, what do they say about CEOs? Most of them are psychopaths. But, you know, they don't murder people. They just... That we know of. I, well, I hope. I, listen, I've just... I don't think Tim Cook has ever come out and said he doesn't murder people. So I don't know how you could say that with, you know, 100% certainty. That's fair. Until C Tim Cook comes out and says he does not murder people, I will just assume that he does. All right, let's plow on from there. I think we've established a good baseline. <laughs> don't come after us, Tim Cook. Um, so, childhood... From what I can tell, the Clark seemed to the outside like a really lovely upper class family from the Northeast. I think it's pretty say I think it's pretty safe to say that if you raise two actual cannibals, you are patently not a lovely family. Can we agree on that? It's just a lot that I don't understand yet, and so I'm very confused. Well, you understand that two of their sons were cannibals, do you not? Welcome back, everyone. This is the Texas Society. <laughs> We're coming in hot. Okay. Okay. So, um, by all accounts, though, behind closed doors, they were a dysfunctional, totally toxic mess. Um, Hayden Sr., who was the father, was incredibly intelligent, but had very little patience, especially for his children. And uh, was, was known to have a very quick temper. I also learned that he had a lot of trouble, um, surprise, surprise, collaborating and communicating with coworkers, which meant that he often found himself out of a job and having to move his family all across the country. Uh, Flavia, 
their mother, was the polar opposite. She tried to dote on her children, but had a terrible drinking problem. Can we also just note for a second that Flavia Clark is um, like a made-up name from a novel? Well, I got a few things about that, actually. Yeah, all right. Know. Let's uh, hear them. Uh, you know, the, the couple, the the wedding invitation, you know, the we now pronounce you, you know, Flavia and Hayden. Like, that's just... It's a recipe for disaster right out the box there. How how do you figure? They're just terrible names. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Hayden's and Flavia's. And then you I put like them Flavia. together. Well, you named your bike Flavia. That's true. Is that the current one? No, the current one is Reggie. Reggie. The blue one out in California. Anyways, this is good podcasting stuff right here. This is what the fans missed. Anyways, shitty names, shitty parents. I'm not surprised. Hayden Sr. had four children, Bradfield, Hayden Jr., Jeff, and Allison. And the four kids seem to have drastically different personalities. Well, yeah, he named two of them crazy things and two of them normal things. Wait, which one? Hayden and what's his name again? His name's at Bradford. It's what? Bradfield. Bradfield. I, I gotta be honest. Hayden and Bradfield and then Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, let me introduce my sons. I'm, so that's Hayden Jr. Clearly, I had to have another Hayden. You know, this is uh, <clears throat> Bradfield, and that's Jeff. Well, like, I that's guess how you introduce him. You're like, and that one's Jeff. I guess you know which one the semi-normal one is. The one they fucking named Jeff. <laughs> I mean, none of these kids grow up to be cakewalks, but at the very least, Jeff doesn't murder or eat anyone. Oh, I don't like the sound of that when it comes to Allison. <laughs> Oh, poor Allison. She's got a rough go of it. Okay. Uh, so where was I? Um, Talking about Jeff. From from everything that I've read on Bradfield, which, again, was very narrow because people don't, don't write about Bradfield, which is weird. Um, Bradfield was a very difficult child and a rebellious teenager. I think that that's pretty common for the oldest child. Um, we're both oldest children and I think we're, so not, okay. I won't speak for you. I am a difficult, rebellious person. No. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, I think we're the only children in our immediate families who don't live in Florida anymore. Is, is it cause we got kicked out of Florida? You got kicked out? I don't think the statute of limitations passed in life. Of Florida? I just so I just caught on to something. I don't know if you're gonna talk about it later. Um, I had assumed Hayden was the eldest child. No, given that he is no. Hayden Junior. No. So Brad. So let me get this straight. He has one son, and he goes fuck this one, Bradfield. He has one more. Goes that's the chosen one, Hayden. You know what? I I think what probably happened there is they had the first son. And he was like, all right, Hayden Jr. And the mom was like, come on, Hayden. Because Flavia is a real good sound of reasoning person. Well, I think she was probably just like, maybe tone it down a notch. Fair. Like, maybe we don't need that. And then they had the second one and he was like, you know what my greatest regret in life is, Flavia? Not being a dickhead. It was not naming my first son Hayden Jr. Anyway. So he was like a pretty rebellious teen, but he grew up and seemed to mellow out and become a little bit more mature. Um, Hayden Jr., on the other hand, was pretty much always mean. Surprise. Uh, their younger brother tells a story about Hayden that um, 
it just makes my skin crawl. Evidently, as the little brother Jeff uh, got picked on quite a bit, he was once out riding his bike with Hayden. Uh, they were trying to balance on their bikes without using their handlebars. This is something that I, to this day, cannot do even as an adult. So if you're able to do it as a child, I find it commendable. Um, so he was he was finally getting the hang of it, and he watched he watched Hayden grab his own bars as as Jeff is trying to balance on on his bike. Hayden grabs the the bars of his own bike and then speeds his bike right into Jeff's. Jeff falls off, lands face first on the pavement and it, I mean surprise surprise is is extremely hurt. Um he's he's bleeding and he's crying and then Hayden just rides off home without helping him. But that's not even the messed up part. Because when Hayden got home without his little brother, he told his mother, there's been an accident. Don't worry. My bike is okay. What a little shit. Right? And that's just one example. Hayden's temper was famous in the neighborhood. If he didn't get his way, he was known to explode. And to be honest... I don't know that he was set up to be a normal kid. Um, Hayden Sr. and Flavia had a really hostile, violent relationship. They were known to punch and slap each other in front of the children until one or both of them were injured. Okay, I gotta, can we put a pause real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that, wait, is that not normal you, marriage behavior? Hold on. Up at the start, you said that they were known as a loving, normal, whatever family. And now you're recounting all of this. So I don't understand how no one in the neighborhood was like, you know, those two people beat the shit out of each other every night. And their kids are fucking nightmares. Well. Is it because he has to keep moving towns? Uh, so firstly, he moves towns a lot, but also this is all being recounted after the fact, right? So like your cousins know that your mom and dad like slap the shit out of each other all the time, but maybe like the ladies at church don't know that. Okay. Just trying to reconcile those things. I mean, I, I get it. You're trying to poke holes in my story, but let me tell the damn story. So, uh, when he was little, um, Hayden's father evidently referred to Hayden Jr. as, quote-unquote, the retard. So often that years later, he told doctors that for a long time, he thought that was his name. So, it's not funny, but he names the second son after himself and then proceeds to just shit all over that one. Yeah, it's weird how narcissist dads work. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I don't know. If I have one of those actually. Um, also, that is not my word. That is what Hayden Senior called his son. I don't approve of that language. I don't either. God damn it, Michael! Slow on the uptake. <laughs> Um, so to add even more awful on top of this really shitty sandwich, when Hayden was born, Flavia had been desperate for a little girl. So until Hayden started elementary school, she would put him in little dresses and both of his parents would refer to him as Kristen, the name that they had picked out for him before he was born. So maybe that's why he was called Hayden Jr. They couldn't think of a different name because they, they were convinced that they were going to have a girl named Kristen. Here's the thing. like That that plays. I think that makes sense because they obviously didn't know names because they named their first kid Bradfield. 
And so it's like, fuck, another son. I, we used our only name, Bradfield. Like, what do we got left? You're Hayden. All right, boom, Hayden second. There we go. And the nurse is like, we call them juniors when they're the second one. He goes, well, I don't care. Call them Nancy or Kristen or what was the name? Kristen. Kristen. That is messed up, man. You know, it's not. I we, we've, we've completely glossed over the fact that they put their son in dresses. Well, not they. Maybe just one of them and the other one was just complicit. Um, but that they, you know, just kind of dressed him up and pretended that he was not the person he was. And so this is something that always gets to him. Or this is something that always gets to me. Even after Allison, their youngest, was born, Hayden was still sometimes treated like a girl. But and, and, and I really don't I don't get it because they also they don't name Allison Kristen. No, they, they named Natalie. They named him Kristen. I just, I don't know. I feel kind of awful for this kid. And and at this point, I would think that treating Hayden like a girl past the point where, like, it's at all not even okay, but, like, negligible, it just seems like his dad is trying to menace him some more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not great. These guys are wearing winning parents of the year, you know. I, I, I mean, it doesn't help also that it seems like Hayden was developmentally disla- de- like delayed. So I don't know. It just it seems like just piling on and on and on. Um, as he got older, Hayden Jr. began stealing his mother and sister's underwear um, and, and other clothing that he would, you know, put on and try on and, and wear around his room. Uh, and unfortunately, the more brazen that he got with wearing women's clothing, the more enraged Hayden Sr. got. And that is when the beating started. His I father... Mean, probably not. I Probably not, but it's probably when it got really bad. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so his father would catch Hayden coming out of the bath and... Oh, God, I forgot about this. Um, His father would catch Hayden coming out of the bath and would beat him with a belt while he was still naked. It strikes me that the humiliation probably just never ended for this kid. The level of dysfunction was so high in the house that once Hayden Jr. accused Bradfield of sexually assaulting him in their treehouse, when Brad said Hayden was lying, Flavia believed Brad... And uh, told her sons never to talk about it again. Fucking A plus parents. So right that's here. good. She was probably drunk when she said it. That's that's pretty good. That's that's good stuff. That story really, outside of everything that we discussed, that story really worries me because this is the stuff that we know was happening in the Clark home. I can't imagine the stuff that was like kept secret that people didn't talk about. What's our source for most of this? Um, so it, so I read a book called Born Evil, um, where I pulled a lot of this information from, and it seems to have come from like a variety of sources. Sometimes Hayden himself was telling it, but but like the story that I just told about Jeff, that came from Jeff. Um, a lot of this stuff was corroborated by neighbors, um, other family members. It it varies based on who he spoke to directly, but it seems, at least from what I can tell, that most, if not all of it, was corroborated. It wasn't a situation where yeah, we were pulling only story. from Hayden. Yeah, yeah. 
No, I, I, I don't like to use sources like that because it feels... They get to paint their own narrative. Yeah, yeah. it feels disingenuous. Um, so I don't want to point fingers or say that because you come from a dysfunctional family that you're going to snap and murder people, but this family produced two very disturbed boys. So I'm going to take a leap of faith and say that the level of abuse in their home was something that most of us are not exposed to. Very few people are. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, so I think that that's what makes the, like the childhoods of these murderers so interesting. Cause I, at least for me and granted, I am not an expert. Um, it seems like a lot of them start out as victims to begin with. I feel like very rarely you hear about a murderer who has had a completely, um, lovely and charming childhood. There, there always seems to be some kind of trauma there. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe Jeffrey Dahmer. I don't know. I feel like the stories are so muddled sometimes, especially when you, it comes to like the heavy hitters. Uh, so, um, back to the the Clark's. Uh, at this point. Uh, we should probably talk about all of the red flags that might have led someone at any point to think to themselves, hey, I think these Clark boys need some help. Bradley, uh, or I'm sorry, what's his name? Bradfield. Bradfield. Uh, stealing from his mother, using stolen goods and money to buy drugs, uh, alleged and proved abuse of his brothers, um, and possibly his sister, Allison. Hayden. Temper, lack of empathy, peeping Tom incidents, decapitating pets of children who teased him. Yo. The list kind of goes on. Yo. Are we going to get more into that? What? Um, so <laughs> if you Google Hayden Clark, you'll find one, one of the more famous um, articles is titled, I think it's titled, Getting Even Was His Way of Life. Um, it's, it's hard to pinpoint exactly what was going on. Um, oh, I, I missed this. He also trapped animals and dissected them and publicly staged animal corpses. So it's, it's hard to pinpoint when like the turn happened. I think it didn't help that, um, Hayden, in addition to being the child who seemed to have gotten it the worst at home, also did not flourish at, at school. Um, it, it seems to me like he is, he was the kind of person who had like, literally there was no place that he felt safe or loved or successful. Um, and this plays out like later on in, in his life. Um, and so the way that he, I guess, soothed himself was to take revenge or, or get even on people who hurt him. <coughs> um, so, for instance, when kids in the neighborhood made fun of him for being slow or a sissy or what have you, um, he would go find their pets and kill them um, and play with the bodies and publicly stage them. So that the kids later on found their pets murdered and mangled. 
And people thought they were a nice, quiet family. Listen, man, I I don't know what to it tell you. It feels like you. some people got interviewed like right afterwards on TV. And they're like, they were such a nice family. I never expected this. And really in their head, they're going, oh, my God, I can't believe that finally happened. I can't believe that kid finally snapped and murdered someone. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I, I, I don't know. I don't know because I've never been in that situation. Like, I've never met a kid that I oh, was okay. like, well, mm. there were a couple kids I went to high school with that I was like, you are a monster. Didn't you go to high school with like 70 kids? Yeah, and there so were a couple who I thought were monsters. Not hard to deduce that. Okay. Anyways. Um, so... Hayden has gone on the record saying that he committed his first murder when he was 14 years old. Get he, the fuck out of here. He claims to have killed an unnamed little boy and that his father helped him clean up and dispose of the body. Um, I think I should mention that that claim has never been verified. By the time that Hayden was arrested, he his father was dead. Um and in, in the research that the author of Born Evil did, he couldn't, at least it seems to me like he couldn't find like a kid in the neighborhood that may have gone missing around yeah. that time. Um, I should also say that Hayden, uh, by the time, by, by like that time in his life was mentally very unwell. Um, by the time he's recounting the story. Yeah. Sometimes I see that he was diagnosed with schizophrenia, but I, I can't find that corroborated in many places. Um, and some people seem to believe that he, he's like just putting on an act. It's a common theme though. You see all the time. Yeah. Um, that's like why you said earlier, like firsthand, like sources that are only from the, perspective of the murder like after he's been caught is never a good source i remember the hh holmes story and how he wrote a book when he was in jail and try to like tell the story from like why you know he was why he grew up to be a mess and murdering people yeah but if that is true then it's possible that the clark parents weren't just covering up for hayden maybe at the same time they were also covering up for bradfield because this is something it's something that i keep coming back to it's not just hayden Bradfield maybe was better at covering his tracks, but he is also a murderer. Yeah. Um, and, and I should mention something that, that really disturbs me that I read about before the murder of Patricia Mack, um, which was the, the incident, not the incident, the murder that we described in the intro. Um, Bradfield prior to that had no recorded history of violence against people outside of his family. Um, so as, as I mentioned, and how old was he when that happened? Uh, when he murdered Patricia Mack yeah. in his thirties. The fuck? Yeah. It's hard to judge allegations made against one brother who is a murderer. Um, when the person accusing him of those things is also a serial killer. Um, I mean, it. Hayden claims that Bradfield was violent and sexually assaulted him. It's just, it's hard to tell what is true and what is not. Because Hayden also paints himself as a victim a lot. Yep. In these interviews, like, he he lives a very unfortunate life. He had a lot of mental health issues. He was homeless on and off. 
But at no point does he think to himself, like, I murdered these people. He always paints himself as the victim of a crime or, or some societal bias. Um, either way, as the boys grow up, Bradfield actually really begins flourishing. He goes to good schools, gets advanced degrees, and from what we know about him before the murder, becomes a relatively normal adult. Um, even when they talked about his first marriage, his wife, obviously, she didn't stay married to him. She didn't have very nice things to say about him as a husband, but she never had any inkling that he would, you know, murder and eat someone. Yeah. As you can imagine, the same cannot be said for Hayden. Throughout his childhood, as I mentioned earlier, Hayden struggled with cognitive and behavioral issues, probably had nothing to do with alcoholic and abusive parents. Uh, though it should be noted that Hayden is one in a long line of serial killers who dealt with injuries to his head as a baby or a child. Um, he His learning issues meant that he had to be sent to expensive private schools, which only made his father even more resentful and meant that the humiliation at home only continued. Um when Hayden finally graduated high school in 1972, he was 20 years old, Shit. and although the rest of the Clark children were expected to go to college, it seemed like no one really expected anything of Hayden. Um, I'm struggling with how to explain how my heart can break for someone who is evil. I think that this tells you a lot about like what... I feel like what I do for a living has everything to do with empathy. And I feel like it has also broken me in some way because I just, I don't know how I empathize with a person who I know goes on to murder multiple people. He's just a kid. I guess. Was he? Mm -hmm. He was 20. Well, now he's 20. But you feel more bad for stuff that happened when he was a kid. Um, yeah. So no one really expected Hayden to do anything with his life, but... And I don't, irony of ironies, um, he was really good with knives and he loved baking. So Flavia worked with him to get him placed in a culinary school where he actually did well, or at the very least did not freak anyone the fuck out. Um, he was known to have a real gift for making food sculptures and, and really enjoyed finding something that he was good at that actually garnished him praise and not weird look or tears from his fellow students. What's a food sculpture? You know, like ice sculptures. What 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 is that like weird cake show on food TV? <laughs> food TV? I don't know. There's a show where they make cakes and then the cakes are shaped like things and then people I don't know if you can eat those cakes. What are though. you talking about? There's this show. People compete. Cake it's boss. like no, it's not Cake Boss. Happy Daddy Cake Time. That's not a show. Great British Bake Off. Well, no, not Great British Bake Off. That's a <laughs> lovely show. So, do you did you make the same connection between the food sculptures and the displaying friends' dead animals? Oh, I didn't. Because you said he was really good at food sculpture, and I was like, well, yeah, he is. It's yeah, been a talk, lifelong talk obsession. more about that. Well, I just I feel like there's a connection there, probably. How so? Because he likes to butcher things up and display them, Natalie, because he's crazy. Michael, you are crinkling this bag of treats. I actually like, clicked, we're not recording. I accidentally clicked the curtain. I don't give any treats and they're gonna be obstinate. Really off. Um so 
And and here's kind of like a weird thing that I should just mention oh, about Hayden's life. This is the life. weird thing coming. So this is the weird thing, not anything else. This is the weird thing. Gotcha. Even though throughout his life Regardless of how weird or upsetting his behavior was, and I I should reinforce here that his behavior was weird and upsetting. He would fly into these rages at school. He would terrorize kids that he went to school with. Um, Hayden seemed to genuinely want to make friends. He wanted to be liked. And sometimes people did like him. He, he did have friends. He just couldn't seem to figure out why people didn't want to be around him. Like, he seemed to think that the way he behaved was normal and nice, and the way that everyone else behaved was cruel and unusual. Um, so one example of why people might not have wanted to be around him, aside from the murders, uh, was that... When he got angry during class and decided um, he he wanted to get even with someone, um, one, one kind of, you know, bad behavior. One like goofy pulls? Yeah, one, one, one goof around um, was he decided to urinate into a vat of mashed potatoes um, and then didn't tell anyone until weeks later after the food had all been eaten. What a fun goof. Why would he tell people? That's what I don't get. Why? You already peed in the mashed potatoes. Everyone ate it. Why would you tell people? I don't understand why waiting so long. What was the calculus there? Because he was waiting for people to eat it. How long did you say it took? Weeks. It takes weeks to eat mashed potatoes. Well, no. Maybe it doesn't take weeks to eat mashed potatoes, but he didn't want people running to the bathroom to puke it up. Yeah, but it still doesn't take weeks. I think there's something weird going on there where he's either struggling with the fact, like, to tell people and brag about it, or he's just really, really just, I don't, I don't know, just plan all along to wait weeks and then let you know. What if he, like, forgot? What if he forgot about this funny goof around he did? And then he was like, hey, remember that time that I peed in the mashed potatoes? And then they're like, Hayden, what the fuck? I actually think it's more likely someone else pissed him off again. And he was like, why well, pissed in the mashed potatoes a few weeks ago? Oh. And then there's also the possibility in my head, because I don't know how but to think about this person, that he didn't pee any fucking mashed potatoes. He just told him he did. I guess, I guess knowing about the rest of his life, I... I just assume he went ahead and peed in the mashed potatoes. Who knows? Maybe he shit in the mashed potatoes. I don't know. Hi, Billy. Clawing the bed because she's not allowed up here. Does, does anyone need a message from Sweet Billy Holiday? Because she's being the worst right now. Just kidding. She's being adorable. Um, so anyway. So he pees Hayden, in, the, pee in the taters. Pees in the taters. Graduates in 1974 from, from culinary school. I'm going to stop you one more time. That didn't get him thrown out of culinary school? The pee in the taters? What? That did not get him thrown out of culinary school. Evidently not. All right. Let's move it on. Uh, so he graduates culinary school in 1974 and between 1974 and 1982, that's four years. No, what? That's That's eight years. years, He has 14 different jobs. Less than two years. A cook is not crazy. That's a lot of jobs to be fired from, Michael. Oh, I should mention he did not leave any of these voluntarily. Okay. Well, you didn't say that. Uh, normally he did not last very long because of his increasingly strange behavior. At one restaurant, he was caught chugging cow's blood on the job. (laughs) Oh my God. It's just another goof. 
<laughs> just, just a fun goof around, guys. <laughs> just one of my many pranks. Like, you're the restaurant that he shows up to work in next, and you're like, yeah, I'm going to get your references. And he gives you, like, bistro, blah, blah, blah. And you call bistro, whatever I just said, and they go, oh, no, yeah, we fired him because he was chugging cow's blood one day. Ah, uh, shit. Cow blood Hayden? <laughs> Yeah, oh, good guy. CB. Lots of funny, just funny jokes, man. He, he just, life of the party. And you're right. You're right. With that intro you did, all I keep thinking in the back of my head is, what's Bradfield doing right now? What, what is Brad? Bradfield is living the life of a normal, um, well-adjusted American, leaving his first wife right, right about this time, I believe. I don't know, man. All right, so he's pissing the taters. He's gotten fired from 14 jobs. Drinking that cow's blood. Um, down some in cow 1975, blood. surprise, surprise, Hayden's parents split up and his father marries a much younger woman. Totally surprised. I'm actually kind of surprised. How, how are you surprised? I figured one of them would die. I didn't figure there was a divorce coming. I thought those two kids were going to make it, stick it out to the end. Well, they were going to stick it out till one of them died because one of them is a maniac and the other one is an alcoholic. So instead, Hayden pulls a fast one, does the typical, you know, midlife crisis thing and marries a young woman. Yeah, Hayden Sr., yes, he does. Marries a much younger woman. Um, probably not great still. Probably not a... Who, not Hayden? A, not cool guy number one. He gets it right. He only has a good husband on round two. You know what? It's not that I don't think he, he was a good husband. He just didn't have the same... He just couldn't pull off a goof around like Hayden Jr. Oh, Jesus could. Christ. Um... Hayden Jr. blames his mother's drinking for the divorce, and in turn, his mother blames him for her drinking, telling him, and I quote, it's you who made me smoke and drink, and now I can't stop. It's all your fault. (laughs) Mother of the year. Well, I mean, one of those is true. Which one? Oop. I don't think it was that Hayden left because of the drinking. I'll just say that. But I think Hayden Jr. probably had a lot to do with mom's drinking. Oh, come on. She was a, huh. a mess. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say everyone in this story is a mess and it's no one else's Except fault for Jeff. but their own. I Okay, I don't want to malign Jeff because he is clearly fine in comparison. What's the daughter's name again? Allison. Okay. But I will be honest with you guys. Jeff does not sound like a fucking cakewalk. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, so around 1982, there seems to have been some kind of turning point in Hayden's behavior. And this happens a couple times in his life. Uh, even though he had always been very weird, 1982 marks the beginning of a period of intense violence on his part. Um, like violence on a scale that they hadn't seen coming from him in the past. Uh, That year, he attacks his mother, beating her so severely that she went to the police. Uh, This is something that that Flavia hadn't really done in the past. It doesn't sound like she went to the police um, when Hayden Sr. went into any rages. Uh, And so going to the police for her seems to be like a very big deal. She was also getting a little bit older. And I, I can't imagine that living with a son who... Oh, he's he living is, at home still. Yeah, he is your son, and he is hurting you this way. Can can be very easy. As a last resort, Hayden joined the Navy. At this point, he is pushing 30 and sees 
the Navy as kind of his last chance to get his life together. But when his fellow sailors discover that Hayden wore women's underwear underneath his uniform, things got really bad really fast. In the Navy, he was harassed, locked in a freezer for hours, and then beaten so badly that he was sent to the hospital. In 1984, he was honorably discharged after he was diagnosed with schizophrenia by Navy psychiatrists. Um, I, I just want to note again that it's unclear whether that diagnosis stuck or whether that was a real diagnosis or whether it was just an excuse to get him off the ship and out of the Navy because there, it, it sounds like there, there had been um, a lot of complaints made against him outside of the fact that he was being harassed and hurt. He was also doing her, he was also harassing and hurting other people. Yeah. I mean, that's his thing. Um, let me just make sure that we're still recording. It appears that we are. Good job, Adobe. Um, so for, for those of you keeping track, 1984 should come as a familiar year to you because that is the same year that Bradfield murders Trisha Mack. So um, three days after his discharge, Hayden shows up at his little brother Jeff's doorstep in beautiful Washington, D.C. And that's where things get detective societal. (laughs) Um, I think here is probably a good stopping point for us. Um, being that 1984, Trisha Mack is murdered in a very, very horrible way. Um, but our, I guess, main player right now, Hayden's just been discharged out of the army. Yeah. Or Navy, I mean. It did not go well like everything else in his life up to this point. No. And he's shown up to presumably loop his poor dear brother Jeff into doing something. Yeah. Um, so... Remember that I mentioned that Jeff is probably not a cakewalk? Mm-hmm. A, a lot of weird stuff has been said about Jeff. Um, it sounds like, just like Hayden and Bradfield, he did have some rage issues. Um, he had a very hard time uh, being in relationships with women. But by and large, it does not sound like he was at all even close to the kind of person that, that his Murdering brothers were. Yeah, th- I, so he was not doing that. We, 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 we know that. Setting the bar pretty low, not, but okay. Not murdering, dismembering, or eating other human beings. So we did it. So he, he did it right. No, but we did it. Oh, we, we did it, We yes. just recorded an episode of Detective Society. Yeah, we did. Um, so this was the first episode of Detective Society. Since May. Um, 2017. Yeah. The Baltimore Podcast Festival. Shout yeah. Out. Yeah, big, big shout out to the Baltimore Podcast Festival. Um... This is a good place for us to stop. We're going to launch right into part two, um, which should be being released shortly. Um, Mike, you got any? You got any? Well, wait. Words? Are we still gonna? And this is to be cut out later. Are we still releasing them at the same time? I, I would like to. Okay. So yeah. So they'll <clears throat> clap, snap, snap. So they'll drop simultaneously. Yes, I, I, I'd like to do that. Yeah. Sounds good. Um. Just because, you know, I, I always hate in two-parters where they don't I, – I just hate not having an ending. You don't like building suspense. And this I get one it. is off to quite a start. Uh, yeah. I'm, you know, I, I I missed recording, but I, I did not miss it, if you know what I mean. 
So you missed recording, but you did not miss what? Murders? Sad childhoods? Just thinking about the murder after the fact. I still think about, uh, and we've talked about this, I think, in that interview we did for our, our, that magazine. The one that still sticks with me is um, Benita, no, Benita Jax, right? Yeah, Benita Jax. That sticks with me, too. It's hard. I think it's hard because I'm a person who is constantly looking for, like, find, look for the helpers, look for the good people. And in a story like that, there are there are good people to look for. In a story like this, I got to tell you guys, I looked for the good people. I, I really had a hard time finding any. All right. Enough teasing for the next part. So guys, as our new sign off, I said earlier. Wait, hold on. We got, we got, we got stuff we need to cover. Oh, shit. Okay, go for uh, it. So again, if you want to follow either of us on um, Instagram or Twitter, my username is n r l s e e. So n r l and then the word c. Um, you can email us at detectivesocietypod at gmail.com. Uh, feel free to rate and review us on. Apple Podcasts, is that what it's called now? Apple Podcasts. Uh, and uh, like us on Facebook. Yeah. And message us, and we like hearing from you guys a lot. We do. So, I guess our new sign off now. What, what was this supposed this to be? This might be the last episode ever, guys. Oh, this might be the last episode ever. It's not going to be, though, because I already wrote the other one, and we have to record it once I've written it. No promises. No promises. If we die, there'll be an episode. Well, I, I just, I, I mentioned that in the last episode. If we die, Billy and Rusty have to record an episode. In memoriam. All right, guys. This has been great to be back. Thanks for listening to Sex Society. What was our old sign-off? It's oh, not it's great. not good. It's not good. But it's not ruined. I don't like that one. We need to have a contest of sign-offs. I can't think of one. God save the queen. Stay, stay detective, societies. Eight, six, seven, five, three, one, nine. Oh, come on.